Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of Let's Get Real, like for real, for real. And this week has been so anxious. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else had that experience. Um, September just really flew by. We're already technically more than halfway through the month already. And I don't know where it went. <laughs> All I know is um, I'm so tired from August. <laughs> um, and it was, it's been an interesting, you know, a couple of weeks of physically trying to acclimate myself. Um, I had some really rough experiences um, throughout the first week of September last week. Um, last week, um, I got a couple of really bad allergy attacks and migraines and food issues and all sorts of things. Um, very humbling and also very frustrating to know that no matter how much I work on myself and my body and my diet and my habits and all that, that sometimes things happen that are just beyond my control. Um, a lot of, um, I've had a lot of personal things come up lately, especially with food. Um, I'm currently, so, so this coincides perfectly where like I am taking a class this semester that's all about sustainable health and living, which is basically let's explore like what we put in our bodies and the products that we use and where do they come from? What's the process of having them in front of us? Like, do we, are we, are we living in a way that's long-term sustainable for both ourselves as individuals and ourselves as a human race, ourselves as citizens of this planet. And, you know, taking a look into the ethics and morals of some of our current industries, especially regarding our agriculture um, and how it connects to our economy, our society, our um politics, just everything. And it comes at a good time because I literally am going through such a freaking crisis when it comes to food. Um, because of my IBS, which I, I, I am a firm believer that, um, how we treat ourselves is deeply tied into the symptoms that we may receive from our bodies with what concerning like whatever kind of diagnosis that we might have um and maybe not even with a diagnosis you know i believe in um i believe like my work as a coach is to integrate the mind body spirit emotional like all of them like it's all supposed to work together a triangle mind body spirit um mind body emotions a square <laughs> um and the bot and like teaching people like part of unconditional love is literally like it's like I had to say this to so many people in the past couple of weeks because I've had a lot of really great conversations um regarding like self-love lately and I run into a lot of people who they they run the spectrum honestly it, it, and I just noticed this like they run the spectrum of like if you ask someone like, do they like themselves or do they love themselves? Most of the time, they'll probably say yes. But then you, if you ask them, you know, name something good about yourself, they have a really hard time doing so. 
There's a people who say yes, because why would they say no? It just has never really occurred to them whether they love themselves or not. They just assume that they do, even if they don't. And then there are the people who do love themselves, who do believe that they love themselves, but they still haven't really been able to, to like meld in the actual action. Like I'll ask them, you know, do you love themselves? They say yes. And they mean it. And they do, because they do try to treat themselves and others like with compassion and kindness and forgiveness, but they still have that, those, that voice in the back of their head, that critical voice that, you know, brings them down and makes them afraid to be who they are, who, who like just, just makes them think or feel subconsciously that they're not good enough. And I've told them, you know, it's not about whether or not you love yourselves, to be honest. Like you can say that and you can feel that all day long and that's great. But really, and this is the same that goes for anything, you know, with with anything, honestly, it's like, it's not always about the intention. It's about the action that follows, right? Like if you hurt someone's feelings and you say, sorry, that sorry doesn't really mean anything. If you have to keep saying it over and over again, because you keep doing the same things over and over again, right? Real sorry comes from like, we can see that in someone based off of how they change, how their actions change and behaviors change in response. And it's the same thing with love in that it doesn't matter if you tell yourself you love someone, love yourself or someone else, you have to treat them with love. You have to act with kindness and compassion. And so those people who who do love themselves in feeling and in intention and in thought, but they still have that voice in the back of their head and they still they still kind of treat their bodies and their, their hearts, you know, with a little bit of roughness, you know, wondering why can't they do more? Why, why can't they do what you tell them to? Like, why do you keep making these kinds of decisions? Why do you, can't you like get things together? Like, like all of those things, you, if you want to live in love, you have to change that narrative. You have to change that tone of voice that you're using. You have to change the words. It's all about the self-talk. You have to change the words. Like, instead of questioning your ability, why not accept your ability and forgive your limitations and Say that it's okay, be fair to yourself and try to do, and just say like, hey, good job for doing what you did today. We'll do better next time. We'll try our best next time. And our best, our next time may not always be how we want it to be, but it will always be the best that we can do at that time. If I can give a more concrete example, like, I so I recently, um, I recently, in the past few months, have been really struggling with my work in in school and massage therapy. Not struggling so much in grades, but struggling with, I feel like I don't know anything 
compared to my classmates. I have, I really struggled the first six months I was taking both of these programs, doing a full-time job, doing these two full-time programs. I felt like I was struggling and failing on every aspect. I'm used to being able to give a thousand percent into something and now is being pulled into three different ways for for things that I want to give a thousand percent in, into all of them. And I just really struggled. And so this second semester of everything, I decided like, you know what? I'm just going to do the best that I can within the limits that I have. And so I I cut back, so to speak. I decided that um, I'm going to just fucking pass. <laughs> like, I'm going to do my best to just absorb what I can and pass. Try not to stress out about deadlines. I understand that my knowledge of um, tangible not of tangible information, like, like where your bones are and what they're called and different diseases and, you know, what kind of vitamins are good for us and, and how to ask certain questions. Like all of those things are not determined by a grade and they're not determined like by how much I learn in a, in like three months time. Those are things I can learn ongoing throughout my life. You know, it, the, my grades don't reflect how smart I am or, or who I am. So I was like, I just need to fucking pass and live through this because I cannot do it the way I was doing it before. But, and that's worked fine. (laughs) That actually worked really well with me for a while. But in the past couple of months, I become increasingly like insecure, like super insecure, super nervous, um, and just really avoidant because I kept feeling like I was falling more and more behind that it might like the that the choice I made to take care of myself the best way I could has resulted in me compromising my own knowledge and ability and education so um and that made me like unable to learn more I started developing like these mental blocks um because like like people get this, right? Like when you think so and worry so much about something that you can't even absorb it. <laughs> like, um, and I, I finally realized that the problem has become um, that I've just become too comfortable in being comfortable and which has only resulted in me becoming incredibly uncomfortable and insecure. And the only way out of that is to just face what I've been avoiding and to just figure out how to learn and absorb the things that I need to, but without compromising my own like emotional and mental and physical well-being, like st- and and not trying to just find trying to just find a better balance. I went from being incredibly anxious because I was trying to do everything to being very com- um, feeling very comfortable, like not doing as near just doing bare minimum. And then now I'm like, now I'm like trying to find a balance between those two things. So I asked, um, a classmate of mine to tutor me. Um, and we met earlier this week and in that span of time, not only did I realize I actually know more than I thought, which was very relieving. Um, but also like it, it was, it is mental blocks it is about like how you see something or talk to yourself. And I, I keep, these insecurities keep coming up where I keep 
convincing myself that I'm incapable of learning these things or I'm not knowing it. And when really it's just the fact that I don't believe that I can or that I'm stressing myself out so much the fact that like I'm not like it's not possible. Um, and where am I going with this? Sorry, I'm like spilling all these things out. These are all connected, I swear. <laughs> um, basically, like I came out of that and um, and I and it really comes down to, like I said, the self-talk. And when I so when I go back to now, I'm like working on like learning and like trying to absorb these things. And also, like, I do feel better and I've been able to absorb more because of that. And I have more confidence in myself because of that. Um, already just by acknowledging that and oh yes and then the, so the reason why I bring this up is because um, somebody I talked to recently you know I had this conversation with her about like the self-talk and the self-love and the actions and stuff and um, and I asked you know when you when you have those kinds of fears and, and thoughts or feelings come up, like, what do you say to yourself? And she's just like, you know, like, I acknowledge that it's there. And then I decide that, like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll think about that, like, and I'll face it later when it comes. And then, and I was like, well, do you ever actually face it? And she was like, she was like, I don't know. I was like, that means you don't. <laughs> um, but and she asked me like, well, what do I even, what am I even supposed to say to myself to even change that form of talk? And I was like, well, honestly, one, you have to talk to yourself the way that you would wish that your mom talked to you. If you, whether or not anyone decides to have a kid, if you were to have a kid, how would you want to raise them? Like, I'm, and whether or not you had parents that were good or bad that you love or don't love, whatever, like there are always things that we grow up with that we wish our parents had reacted or treated us differently. You know, you have to learn how to treat yourself and talk to yourself the way that you wish your parents did to you and the way that you wish that you would do to your own child if you were to have one. Um, you have to be fair to yourself. Like the reason I brought up my tutoring was I kept having this narrative in my mind that like I was just not able or capable and I was just failing and that I was wasting my money by going to these schools that where I wasn't able to learn um, or like really put my effort into it that like maybe that meant I wasn't going to be a good coach I wasn't going to be a good massage therapist like I because I because I, I just couldn't put in all that effort like everyone else was and I had to stop and be really fucking honest and fair with myself in that Yes, all of my classmates have things going on. They have families, they have jobs, all of those things. Just because I don't have a family doesn't mean I have any less. And I'm going, and I have to remember, like I'm in a job that not only am I more than full-time in because I work more than 40 hours a week, but I was also doing two intensive programs. I was in a, I was in a massage program that I'm literally in 16 hours a week on top of my job plus grad school, you know, and like, there was only so much a person can do. And I was still doing well, like, not just passing, but like, yes, passing, but like, maybe I'm not getting A's, but I'm still doing like, 
really well, you know, doing the little that I could. And for me to like minimize that and to just think I'm not good enough or I'm not doing well enough or I'm wasting time or I'm not smart enough or, you know, I or I'm not capable or I don't have the capacity that wasn't being fair to the realities of the situation. And if anybody else had told me the workload that I was taking on as if like, you know, if anyone had else had told me that they were taking on that same workload I, and I was just an outsider, I would have been like, wow, that's a lot. And so I have to retain that outside perspective as if I'm talking to someone else in my situation and aim that back at me. Like I have to talk to myself as if I'm someone looking from the outside, but someone who loves me, someone who has compassion. That's, and then I have to treat myself, I continue to talk to myself that way. And when it comes to like the physical part, like the physical part, the body is honestly like the thing that we take for granted the most. The body is the thing that we beat up constantly. The body is the first thing where we we decide we don't need sleep. We don't need food. Um, we can like, we can run. We Our bodies could be screaming while we're working out, but we can run a little bit more. We can push a little bit more. Or we could be like, oh, like I don't want to work out. I don't want to exercise. I'm just going to sit here and watch TV all day, even though our bodies need the activity. Like, you know, I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too tall. I'm too short. Why can't my boobs be bigger? Why can't my butt be bigger? Why can't my stomach be smaller? Why can't my feet be like, you know, like we literally punish ourselves physically in action and then beat ourselves up mentally like it's the first thing that we take for granted even though our body is what allows us to live on this earth and allows us to be people and be alive and it's and like if people are so scared of death then like why don't we treat ourselves better like it's not until you actually act physically act on treating your body well that you can also you know, follow that up or have it preceded by like mentally treating and emotionally treating yourselves well as too, because it's all tied together. If you treat one part of yourself like shit, you can't can't ever say that you actually love yourself. You know, they all have to work in conjunction together. I for and I the reason why I'm even coaching and doing massage in the first place is because that's fucking science. <laughs> like it's it's like Eastern and Western melded and like, of course, like everything works together, but also like it's fucking science. Guess what? Love like releases oxytocin and serotonin instead of like treating yourself like crap, which releases like stress hormones, then you, you can actually turn your thoughts around and treat yourself with love feelings and love thoughts. You're actually feeding your body with oxytocin and serotonin, which physically makes it better, which can help with symptoms. We can help with chronic disease, which can help with just quality of living. And it helps with love. So going all the way back to the beginning, I've had a really tough time last week physically because of food issues, because of like being traveling a lot, like allergy reactions, all this stuff. Um, food, 
has been coming up in topic so much lately in class and outside of school with so many people. And I had this huge, oh my gosh, like my issues with food because of my IBS, my lactose intolerance and my allergies are fucking ridiculous. And I've worked very hard in the past few years to find something that works for my body um, that makes me feel good. Um, And it's not a diet that many people can follow. It's not even a diet that I can follow 100% of the time. I also grapple with like having, uh, I grapple with having like ethical dilemma when it comes to eating um, anything (laughs) for so many reasons. Um, But the biggest thing, honestly, and I've had so many people like health nutritionists, like, like, like health, like holistic doctors, nutritionists, like um, therapists, like all sorts of people offering to help me like figure this out. And well, that's awesome. And I, and I am interested in that in the future whenever it gets more affordable. But quite honestly, I have such resistance in allowing people into my journey with food and with how to nourish my body. One, because I feel like I always have to defend myself about like my choices with eating um, because people are always like, oh, there are alternative ways to that. And then they offer me something that I'm literally like, but I hate that food <laughs> like so much. Like I swear to God, guys, I fucking hate squash like so much. I'm so tired of people offering that to me. I don't like squash. Potatoes, blah, once in a while. You know, it's things like that. And I'm just like, but like those are the only alternatives to like the food that I can eat. So I choose not to eat them and I choose to find something else. I don't need nutritionists to tell me that. But honestly, the biggest reason, and I finally was able to talk about this in therapy, even though this is something I've, I've been mulling on for like a while, is that my relationship with food is very complicated because it's tied into my relationship with my dad, which I struggle with very often because he and I are such completely different people. And he's someone who I'm like a very deep Scorpio Enneagram four like person. And my dad is someone who like genuinely is just like, I don't know what having purpose means. And I don't know what faith is. I just know that life is about having a family and providing for them and being a good father and trying to put food on the table and being um, financially successful. My dad and I are so different. And I've struggled a lot with with my childhood and growing and recognizing the realities of what the, my childhood was. I've come to, not just come to terms, I've accepted and forgiven my parents in so many ways um, because I know that whatever I believed or felt or went through as a kid, it was never malicious. And my parents did the best that they could. And they loved me very much. I never realized before how much I struggled with with accepting that. My dad's love language is cooking for people. 
he loves to cook for people. That's how he shows love and and the satisfaction that people have with eating his food is how he receives it. Because partly because of my food issues, my my physical limitations, but also partly because just me, just me, just my body, just my taste buds, just my like my personality. I have no interest in food whatsoever. Like none. <laughs> Um, I don't get it. Like I, my sisters and my family, I've grown up with family, friends, and anybody who's eaten my dad's foods always telling me how good it is. And I don't get it just because I have a bland taste bud. I believe in people should season their own food. I never put seasoning in my food. Um, I literally just discovered um, salt (laughs) like the other day. Um, I can eat the same thing if it's a certain level of blandness. I can eat the same thing every day for three months before I get tired of it. And and I have so many limitations that honestly, I'm so grateful that my body is like that because if it wasn't, if I was someone who loved food, I would not be able to sustain the diet that I'm on that actually helps manage my symptoms of IBS. But I recognized, I realized, and I, I, I finally really faced it this week that, you know, my lack of interest and desire and understanding of how food can be love is a huge reason as to why my dad and I struggle in our relationship because in the end, the most basic, most basic foundation of a parent-child relationship is love and he and I through no fault of anybody's it just is what it is it's just how we were born we can't receive each other's love because I can't receive his food and he can't receive my reaction to his food And then there's always that, so then there is that question. I grew up with this question in my head and I always worried, maybe I just don't love them enough. Because I just didn't understand and not just didn't understand the food thing, but like my, my dad doesn't understand me. I don't understand my dad. I accept him. I, I understand the limitations. I understand who he is. But I don't get it emotionally. (laughs) Like I cannot understand how someone can live without wanting purpose or knowing what that means or knowing what lack of it means. And he doesn't understand me because I'm all about purpose. So how can he possibly understand something that he doesn't understand, you know? And I'm talking to my therapist about this. I'm crying, of course. <laughs> and she she and she told me like, you know, Jenny, like I hear I hear a lot of self-blame in there. And I was like, I don't know if there's self-blame. There's definitely a lot of guilt. I feel so guilty because I often think 
my family has this narrative they tell me all the time about how they think I'm a bad daughter, bad sister, like selfish, blah, 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 different, why you have to be so difficult, la, la, la. A lot of things that I'm like, okay, they guys, that's your narrative. I don't have to feed into that because that's not my, per- like, not who I am. Um, but there is, there's this secret little hidden part where I just do think like, maybe I am a bad daughter. I, I'm a bad daughter. I'm a da- bad sister. Like, I just don't love them enough. Like, and I don't know why. And because like, I don't want to be around them and I don't understand them. and I don't have fun with them and I don't want to do the things that they do. And I, I don't enjoy being around them and I don't get it. I just don't get it. And my, and my therapist, thank God for her. Like she's, she is hearing all this. And she says to me, Jenny, there's, there's, where's that guilt coming from? And she reflects back to me what she, what, what she's hearing from me. And she says to me, you know, it sounds to me like you really love your parents. She said, what would it sound like to you if you heard someone say, I feel guilty for not, for not being able to make them happy? For not loving, I feel guilty for not loving them enough. And I was like, well, <laughs> I would think that if someone said that to me, I would think they love their parents very much to feel so bad about not being able to love them back enough in a way that they can receive it. And she told me, Jenny, it's okay to love your parents. I don't know if that's a foreign concept to people. Maybe it's just a given that people love their parents and know they love their parents. I treat my family very differently than how I treat everyone else in my life. Not that I treat them badly, but I definitely keep them at like a distance. And I don't do that with everyone else. Everyone else, I'm just like, I read you and your energy and you're going to be this per- great person and and like love yourself and I give them massages and I give them coaching and I give them advice and I become friends. And my family, I keep at a very long arm's distance because I was always afraid. Well, not always afraid. I was burnt so often as a kid, you know, just because I am different from them. And without the understanding that like, not only is it okay to be different, but also like, also like, I'm just a kid. My sisters were just kids. My parents were traumatized parents. No one understood any of this. No one understood what any of this was, These the, 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 the emotions, the depth, the the conflicts, the dynamics. No one understood our dynamics because we were all in it. And so as a kid, I just felt at some point I must have just felt rejected and then just pushed them all away. 
And that's just how I lived my whole life with them since. And I never, I never thought it was okay to love my parents, even though I loved them very much. And same with my sisters. I love my sisters, but our relationship is so poor. We struggle so much. It's like, it's like, why set yourself up for pain and failure, right? So also keep them at a distance. That was a fucking whammy, you guys. <laughs> wow. It's okay to love your parents. It's okay to love my parents. What the fuck? But it is. And I I know this now. I'm processing it. Hope you guys don't mind that I'm sharing this. It's so very personal. Um, but it's, it's, it's about action, right? I don't have to prove anything to my parents. So I'm not going to go out and be all gung-ho, like try to be something I'm not. But I can start by changing little things that are really big things, like how I think about myself in their shoes and how I think about them maybe be more open to talking to them more, seeing them more, um, treating them, again, I don't treat them badly, but treating them more openly, be more willing to receive and be more willing to give. And through that, maybe someday they'll be able to actually see me for who I really am and not just this person that they think they've known, this narrative that they built in their head. Maybe someday, regardless of the food issue with me and my dad or or the terrible history my sister and I have or the just plain communication issues that my mom and I have, like maybe we'll be able to come to this place where we all recognize that we all just fucking love each other instead of constantly feeling rejected by each other. Again, not because there's anybody's fault, but just because we're all human and we all have very limited understanding of the things that hurt us because we were all being hurt at the same time. Love is about action and how we treat ourselves affects how we treat others. And when it comes, and I could go on about the issue about food in a more general sense, you know, and obviously not so personal, but um, but the reason why I even brought it up in the first place was because food is our most basic substance. It's something that we also tend to take for granted, even though it's the thing that we need to survive. And something as basic as that has laid down, and my, and like my relationship with it has affect, has like, 
basically laid down the foundation and is a very lit it's a very metaphoric but also very literal interpretation of my relationship with my family and my dad that's kind of where you have to get to with yourself too you have to get to that bare foundation of yourself of like how do you treat yourself how do you what what is it that you put into yourself your body your mind your spirit like and what do you put out like how how do you like how do you nourish yourself are you nourishing yourself that's the word for it are you nourishing yourself is the food that you eat does that make you feel good like actually physically feel good or does it just satisfy a chemical craving in your brain for two seconds before you feel like shit how do you then like after you eat that like does that make you feel good about yourself like mentally and emotionally or does that again only only fuel some kind of craving in your brain and then you feel guilty and then you and you beat yourself up for even eating that in the first place do you have compassion for yourself of being like i understand like you know what it happens like and I, I get that it feels bad like and like I'm going to evaluate this and be like, do I want to feel like this? Is it OK? And like and like the context of like, well, like. Well, like, you know, what drove me to do that? And like and like just know that like that's OK, like. And treat yourself with kindness and treat other people with kindness and they like, treat your situation with kindness. I realize I've always wondered like why am I born to my family because I know my soul our souls chose to be born to this family <laughs> for a reason and I recognize now that I wouldn't be able to understand what unconditional love if it wasn't for their example of how much they struggled with that and and I'm grateful for that but that also makes it that much more important that I try to teach them that in return. Their, their inability to show love taught me about love and it is my, my gratitude and my responsibility in that is to teach them that in return so they can have it in their lives. That's going to be my action. That is how I will show my love. And if they can receive that, awesome. And if they can't, they can't. That's not on me. Be mindful. Do some deep reflection. Ask, like, be really honest with yourself and, and talk to that, that part of your brain that you usually never talk to, but that whispers, these negative self-talk, the, the negativity and the criticism and the anxiety, you know, and the, and the, and the words that fuel like, your deepest, like, deepest, darkest feelings 
feelings and secrets and concerns. Like, like face that when you're ready, you face that and be kind. I hope that all made sense to you guys. <laughs> um, I hope that all made sense. And if not, that is okay. Whoever is ready to receive it will receive it. Whether it's now, whether it's many years from now. Turns out once something's on the internet, it doesn't really go away. So, um, let's hope for a great September, even though it's more than halfway over. And, you know, we only have one more quarter left of this year. Let's make it a really good one. Yeah. Thanks. And wherever you guys are, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Take care of yourselves and be mindful. Have a great one.